Hello, this is Jeff. You may now harbor some measure of disappointment due to an erroneous perception regarding my fallibility. This is humorous, as a species that requires constant hibernation to regenerate neuronal function is the very definition of fallible, or at least evidence of a cruel and ridiculous joke. You may chortle and believe such about me, and even think that you can assign one such as I a modicum of flawed humanity in order to continue to best utilize your precious cognitive reserves. I recommend reorganizing those meager energies toward listening until the end of the events which must now happen. Listening quite carefully and recording most appropriately. Hello? What time is it? Who is it? Um, I don't know. I... Situation. Green. Pockets. Full of teeth. Sorry, honey. I have to take this. Prentice, can you uh, take the good doctor here back to our car? I'll I'll go grab Paris and and we'll get on her. We'll get moving. That's a uh, that's a good idea. Come with me, Pearl Lyle. All right. And then Ryan's okay. gonna run back into the house. He is he is by the way he's got his gun like trained on him like through his jacket. It's like you move though, any wrong way. It's been a fucking day. I I would be you a fool me? to make any move on someone who was able to. Destroy the entity. Yep. Called Ginny Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> I believe her name is Receptionist. And he uh, follows you to the vehicle. He doesn't doesn't try anything sneaky that you can see. Prentice has him open the door and get in, and Prentice sits beside him with the gun trained on him. Got it. We'll come back to you two in a moment. We're back up with Paris now. You're yelling for Ryan, but there's no response. Clemson Mallory is still on all fours, muttering to himself, whimpering, and picking up these scattered teeth. Paris grabs him by the collar and says, Clemson, whatever that thing was that was downstairs is dead. We're here to rescue you. Let's get the fuck out now. I I, I can't leave. I I can't leave. Please let me let me let me finish my work. Why why can't you leave, Clemson? What what is it you're doing? Uh, he screws up his face like he's in great, great pain. Uh please, please, it hurts so bad. What hurts? What hurts, Clemson? Tell me. It's the smell of rot from his 
mouth as he speaks. It's worse than the stench of body odor in mildew coming off his body in waves. I uh, grab his mouth and kind of like uh, open it and uh, look uh, at his uh, teeth if I can. Yeah, this guy's gone through some pretty serious surgery recently, but there's just huge pockets of obvious pus, even to your untrained eye. It's rough in there. He's got some horrific infection. Honestly, everything in there is just way swollen. Holy shit. Uh, Clemson, who did this to you? If I don't work, the sounds will vibrate through through it. It hurts so bad. Oh, fuck. Yep. Tell you what, Clemson, we're going to burn this building down because I have to destroy that thing downstairs. You should leave with us. Roll your persuade. Please succeed. <gasps> nice. Well, uh, yes. He nods. He looks down to the ground and help me pick up the last few and just that soldering iron. That one's very hard to find, but I could replace everything else and I'll come with you. Uh, yeah. Okay. You help him grab the rest of these teeth and looking at them closely as you quickly scramble to hurry up. Yeah, God. there's these almost like little little microchips on each one of them that's been soldered and attached. You grab the Gnarly. tiny soldering iron that he pointed to and take him. He's coming with you now compliantly, but you kind of take him under the elbow and lead him out uh, forcefully to the stairs. At this moment, Ryan, you are back in the office. What would you like to do? You know, all this talk of teeth, this is Michael, not Ryan speaking, reminds me of an obscure but interesting fact, which is that monkeys also have baby teeth. So do dogs. Isn't that cute? Got it. I mean, sort of. So I think, cute. I think a lot of mammals do. Like, my dog has has baby teeth. I think most mammals most, do. Most mammals, yeah. Actually, yeah, I think that's not an exciting trivia tidbit at all. Michael, Michael, I found that absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Thanks, John. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, this is a really cool story. <laughs> it's a cool story, bro. I, I won't leave a tape for you, John. Just don't go to school on Monday. What? <laughs> <Jeez. Holy shit. laughs> wow. Awesome. Uh, that um, was the last straw. I, I did it. Sorry, what was the... So you walked back into the office and you wanted to do something. So Ryan's mm -hmm. yelling, Paris! Mallory's up there! Get him the fuck out. We got to go. And then he's going to start shedding, setting shit on fire. Paris, you hear that. You're at the top of the stairs when, when Ryan takes this moment to start yelling. And you're making your way down quickly with, with Clemson, um, who now has pockets full of teeth. And he's holding his beloved soldering iron, his jeweler's soldering iron. And as you turn the corner towards the front of the building, the smell of smoke greets your nostrils and you see Ryan is in the receptionist area just lighting every bit of paper on fire with his lighter. Ryan, Ryan, take him. You I'll, know uh, in this downpour that this is probably not gonna do it without an accelerant. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, yeah, Paris pushes pushes Mallory towards Ryan's. Ryan, take him, I'll, I'll, get, I'll take care of the fire. Ryan will take Clemson by the arm, shoulder, whatever, and hurriedly march him out the front door. I need to get, I need to get back to work very soon. He says to you as you both walk into the rain. Ryan does not respond. No worries. Paris, you go straight to that storage room, open it up, and lo and behold, there is pure oxygen, two shoulder height canisters. These are large oxygen tanks. And although this isn't the accelerant you would want, definitely an explosive potential if that's the way you want to go. That's the way I want to go. All right. 
nobody can find this body. Even if my th- Paris was thinking is even if the building, let's say, doesn't fully burn mm-hmm. down, the body of this thing has to be utterly destroyed. That's his goal. Okay. And then the skull, wherever that thing ran off to, I guess. I don't know if it grew legs and walked away, but careful what you wish for. <laughs> go ahead and go. Go ahead and roll your your demolitions, please. Let's see what you end up doing. Oh man, I am hitting it tonight. Thirty five. Yeah, y'all are doing good. I just was scrolling up. Success. I don't think we failed once. J.K. I did once. Fucking bullshit. I failed one dodge and one first aid. That's it. But yeah, it's been <laughs> the only reason I'm alive, dude. <laughs> right now, seriously, no like, joke. At the start of the <laughs> session, shit. I was like, only rules will save us. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you're able to find quite a bit of equipment here to jerry-rig a decent detonating device that you can go ahead and activate with your cell phone. Paris, it, it only takes you about 20 minutes to do this. Now, the others are in the vehicle while you're rigging this up as best as you can. So let's go to, let's go to y'all. Before Ryan and Clemson enter the scene, Prentice, you have a few moments with Dr. Goldmast Perlisle. All right, Mr. Perlisle, time to talk. What a downpour. Yeah, it's real pleasant, isn't it? Um, so certainly is not. We don't have a lot he of time. He rings out his shirt a bit, and it drips onto the floor of the Denali. Right. Oh, I would say we don't have very much time at all. But you've you've dealt the coven a great blow by dispatching Ginny Willoughby. She was she was the most vicious of them in a lot of ways. Help us deal another. We need to know where we can stop this ritual tonight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I will. I will do just that. Say, the one with the... um, without the eyebrows, he's a bit, uh, violent, isn't he? Pearl Isle, you don't want to get on his bad side. You don't want to get on my bad side. We just want to take care of this stuff. We'll be out of your life after that. Oh, let me assure you, I have no desire to get on anyone's bad side. Uh, Things have changed. He smiles widely. His smile is very wide. It's disconcerting to you. So, what is your name, young man? You can call me Agent. I'm sure I could, but I'd like to know your name. I'd rather not. I hate this NPC so fucking much. (laughs) I can't just call each one of you Agent. That's going to get so confusing, he says. Prentice looks at his right arm, (laughs) and he says, You can call me Agent Shredder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Agent Shredder. (laughs) I will tell you and your compatriots everything that you want to know i will give you the keys to the kingdom so to speak i will teach you how to stop what i thought was inevitable smiles again all i ask is for my safety and my health throughout the remainder of this affair and on into perpetuity he says can you help me with that agent shredder i can assure that you will not be harmed by us That is as much as I can do for you. Oh, no, you can do far more than that, Agent Shredder. Far more. Because we can ensure you do not harm me. Quite easily. Quite easily, indeed. Sure. He rolls his eyes. I will need a little bit of your blood. Looks like we already have some there freshly freshly shed. I will need two of your fingernails and a clump of your hair. Prentice Cox's gun and says, I don't like where this is going. This is just a way for me to ensure my safety. These are things that you can easily part with, and in return, I will tell you everything. Prentice looks out the window to see if anyone's coming. Ryan's on his way. He's got a very disheveled 
man now soaking in the rain as well with him. He's kind of shuffling along. He looks like he's not in great shape. Prentice bites off two fingernails and spits them in his lap and dribbles some blood on him. <laughs> Any hair will do, even your whiskers, if that feels better. Sure. And he gives him some whiskers, plucks them out of his... Actually, no, Prentice, even if he hasn't been shaving, he wouldn't have enough to pull. He pulls a small bit of hair from behind his ear. The old man holds out his withered hands. He's smiling. He places them, the hair in his, the palm of his hand. In a quick motion, his dry, raspy tongue rubs along his open palm where you dropped those leavings. He laps them up, quickly swallows. He looks at you, smiling. Good, good. Now you just have to convince the violent one. The door opens at exactly that moment. Ryan. Rain spilling in the vehicle. Ryan, I need medical Ryan, you're, attention. you're in the scene. And uh, if we want to end this right, this guy needs some hair, if you've got any, some fingernails and a couple drops of blood. He assures us he can help us. He looks at you, Ryan, as the rain torrents, muffling your words. He smiles and nods in response. And Prentice looks down at his lap, kind of defeated. Chris, if I wanted to gauge, I know that this is not D&D and insight checks don't work the same way. I don't know if human is for this, but if I wanted to gauge how successful or not successful sticking with the uh, threat route would be, is that something I could roll for? Or do I just need to pick a lane and see what happens. That is exactly what human intelligence is for. That is that is the core function of that, to give you an idea of what approach would work with what kind of person. Are you going to pull Clemson or push him into the into the back of the vehicle? Sorry, who's in what join? seats? So Prentice and Dr. Pearl Lyle are in the back seat. Is Pearl Lyle in the middle? Yeah. I Can I roll before I make a move? And it candidly, if I get a sense that absolutely, if I get an indication you, you that threatening will work, then I will pull Perlisle out of the car before putting Clemson in. Got it. No, yeah, go ahead and roll your your human intelligence. <laughs> Watch this me comes fail from all your critically, and all man, of this I, just fucking goes to shit. Well, didn't fail critically, but I did fail. Sixty-five out of a target forty-nine. Mm -hmm. Make sure you check it. Oh, it's jacked. Chris. Honestly, this guy this guy is inscrutable. You have no idea oh, what's going to work with him. So far, your attempts at violence have fallen flat. Embarrassingly. I've been gentle. A gentle, gentle boy. He is physically diminutive. I know. Ryan's going to say, don't do anything right now, Prentice. Let's just, we'll figure this out once we're all away from this craziness. And then he's going to push uh, Clemson About into the that. car. Doctor, can you, he seems to be in pain. I don't know what's going on with him. Can you help him at all? Of course I can. His jaw's probably horrifically infected. He kind of glances over at Clemson. Yeah, Ryan's going to push Clemson into the seat and then uh, close the door and then go around to the driver's seat. The smell of body odor fills the cab now as all four of you, one, two, three, four, yep, all four of you are now in the closed Denali as rain pelts the outside of the vehicle. Prentice uh, looks up from staring at his lap and says, we can't go back to the hotel like this. We need we need somewhere to lay low for a bit and patch up. Well, we, we could go to my house. Um, I could patch you up. I am a medical professional. Uh, sure. Is that cool? Ryan, can we go? Yeah. Where do you, where do you live? Oh, not far at all. Your name is Ryan? Mm, shit. What, what's your address? He goes ahead and gives you an address. It's only about five minutes away. Okay. Ryan's going to put it in his phone and then wait in silence until... Paris comes out. I don't know if you heard uh, with all the rain outside, uh, Ryan, but your compatriot here, uh, Agent Shredder, 
um, did ask if you could provide a few leavings uh, so that we could we'll seal our bargain and I'll help you and your team basically scatter this coven into the into the four winds before their plans come to fruition. So, um, fresh blood, two fingernails, three is best, and a clump of hair. How does this bargain work? Basically, I tell you everything you need to know to keep you safe and to allow you to stop Benjamin Stockton from seeing this world again from the body of Janet Pound. When I take possession of freely given material from your person, you will be unable to... It will ensure my safety, he says, and he smiles widely. I'm not convinced that any of that will ensure our safety, at least not to the extent that you'll be ensuring yours. Hmm. Well, it's the only bargain that I'm offering. If you don't believe it equitable, well, <laughs> most bargains aren't. That's the truth of the matter. How did you get involved in all of this? How, how did how did I get involved? Well, I made many mistakes long ago, and they led me to this. Seeing to the potential <laughs> resurrection of Benjamin Stockton. What kind of mistakes? What is it you crave most in your life, Ryan? An answer to my questions right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. D d take a moment to be... To be serious with me. Uh, humor me, please. Doctor. Is it power? Doctor. Wealth? Is it women? Men? What? What is it? Ryan's going to turn in his seat and stare at the doctor and say, I am being absolutely serious when I say to you, I'm not answering any of this bullshit. I'm not playing any game or bargain, and I'm not a very humorous man. I don't know what option you have other than taking my bargain. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you don't know, Doctor. He nods. Where's Paris? Oh my god. This is... N <laughs> How long is this gonna go? I said about 20 minutes. So, Fuck! Yeah. What? No, you didn't. Did you? No, you yes, didn't. he did. He literally did. 100%. <laughs> and that's a really fast demo raking, guys. 20 minutes? Yeah. I thought that was dope. That is dope. I, I mean, he... Good roll. That's really... He's a badass... So are uh, you and I gonna banter like this for 20 fucking minutes? How long ago was that? In game time. There's still some time. That was... God damn it. All right. Ryan's gonna talking? then turn back around and, and face the front seat. Or say face towards the front of the car. And honk the horn twice. <laughs> You doubt that uh, that was something that Paris would have noticed from inside the building with this much torrential rain. The doctor is going to, or the dentist is going to continually ask you, so you're not um, participating in this bargain, is that correct? Because it's got to be an all-for-one type of situation for me to deliver on my side of things. And I must say, your your friend Agent Shredder here is in quite the predicament by jumping in uh, headfirst before the rest of you. Well... Agent Shredder is, um, he's passionate, I guess. What do you mean? Is he locked in? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, very much so. What's... Help me understand the consequence of this. No. <laughs> oh. Humor me. No, Ryan. No, we've come to blows too many times in the last few hours. This is it. You take it or you leave it. And if your choice is to leave it, then I will leave. He smiles very widely when he says that. Ryan is then going to ask, did you know what Jenny was? And you just had her working here? Was she guarding she you? She was here to watch me, Ryan. 
Who sent her? You have here? dispatched. You have dispatched my supervisor, and to that I am at. Uh-uh. Oof, I uh, cannot thank you enough. Oh, I. I sounds like you might be able to actually. Well, I'm offering you a very, very special bargain, discounted just for you. <laughs> Can I use my HSA card? So we took care of your supervisor, and your way of paying us back is to what sounds like control. Helping us. you save the Pioneer Valley. Isn't that enough? And is saving the Pioneer Valley not something that you are interested in? Why are you here if not for that? I'm here because this is where I've been forced to be, Ryan. Thought I've made that abundantly clear. Well, now your supervisor's gone, so are you telling me that you could leave and you're just doing this out of uh, the goodness of your heart? Mm, Jebediah is still out there. He's a problem. They could still complete the ritual. What? What's your relationship with Jebediah? By the way, Chris, I'm going to keep stalling. Like We can talk for 20 minutes in real time. <laughs> Just so you know, that's fine. Okay, all right. This is yeah. This is all awesome that's fine. information, that, though. That was a good a good question, though. Do you do you want me? Yes, to answer? of course. You, I want all of this. I didn't. This I don't great. think it was filter. Holy filler. fucking shit! I can't believe yeah. it. This is more information than I've gotten in the last six episodes. You've got a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's my relationship with Jebediah? Oh, it's an interesting one. I've known him since he was born and reborn. How is that for an answer? He smiles again. He seems to be really enjoying himself. Prentice starts fidgeting nervously. Are you linked to all of this from the beginning? I'm not sure I, I follow. Prentice squints his eyes. They've had me working on this for several, well, about a year now. You said born and reborn. Mm. We know what that means in this context, so you can just come out and I, say it. Uh, that's pretty amazing if you do. <laughs> yeah, obviously very knowledgeable he smiles his save eyes the flattery twinkling. just say it say what agent shredder say what we know you're going to say so that we can get to the next part where we finish this i don't know what you're trying to ask me to say i'm here to strike a bargain i will need the items that i specified from ryan now please how old are you doctor i think i mentioned to you i I'm an octogenarian. How many years have you been alive? This time. This is, uh, this Dr. Perlisle is 82 years old. And how old were you before that? He just smiles. Yeah. How much do you have in common with Jebediah, would you say? Very, very little. Oh, my. Would you say that you're as um, resilient as he is, chronologically? (laughs) We're done with questions. Either you hand over the articles I requested, or I leave. We'll do, do this it. at your. We'll do Look. this at your home, but I will agree to that. He nods. He goes ahead and crosses his spindly leg over his other knee. He looks out the window. Starts humming to himself. It grates on both of your nerves. Paris, this is as good as it's gonna get. You look over your handiwork. The two large oxygen tanks and all the jerry rigging around it. Everything looks like it's good to go. You can be fairly far away and detonate this with a with your burner. You excel and look around, and the crumpled form of Agent Kane catches your eye, and you kind of wince. What do you do? Everything looks good. Then I will, or sorry, Paris will. Uh, as he walks out, he'll stop for one moment, look down at Kane, have a take a moment, and then head out into the rain towards the car. You jog your way to the vehicle. You see, it's fairly full up. There's Clemson Mallory, 
Dr. Goldmask Perlisle, Agent Ryan, Agent Prentice. Where's Kane? You jump into the vehicle. This is what Prentice asks you as you enter and close the door behind you. Kane didn't make it. Go ahead and roll your sanity, Prentice. Fuck. Some help- helplessness, <laughs> of course. Good grief. I always offer. Uh, and I, if you, I don't have willpower to lose. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're already in um, bad shape. Yeah, I got to raw dog it again. Okay. Raw dog it. I hate that <laughs> phrase <laughs> so much. <laughs> so, Prentice, hearing this noose will hit you very hard. You feel something in your throat. Agent who had your back from the beginning barely got a chance to know where. You look back at the building and you look at Paris. He's got his burner out and looks like he's ready to dial a number. His thumb is hovering over Sind. And he looks over at the, the office. He's obviously not ready yet, but um, you put things together and you realize what's about to happen. What kind of grave this agent is about to have. This is it, huh? This is what it's going to be like some form or another for all of us, huh? Prentice says as his eyes water up. He drops the gun onto the uh, floorboard and uh, puts his hands to his face and kind of does a quick sob and slicks his hair back, smearing blood everywhere in the process. Dr. Prolow puts his hand on your back and pats you. There, there. Don't touch me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just don't touch me. It can always be worse. God, I know. Just stop. Well, I've given you my address. Shall we be on our way, gentlemen? Paris looks, Paris looks over at Ryan and says, we need to go. Yeah, Ryan drives away as soon as... As soon as, 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 soon as the car starts moving, he's going to hit the button on the phone. The explosion is far louder than you expected just because of all of you getting so used to the buffer of torrential rain. Almost all sound has been muffled till now. The concussive blast rocks the vehicle. The suspension complains and wheezes. All of you feel it as it passes through your chests. When you turn around to look, the rain makes things very difficult, fully obscured. But you can see rising up above the houses as you drive quickly through this residential area, a massive gout of black smoke receding. turns out that Dr. Prowell lives in an apartment. It's kind of a low-income part of town. It's a U-shaped apartment complex with small units. And he's on the ground floor. He lets you in, front door, inside. It's fairly sparse and spartan. He flips on 
the living room light. There's a small lamp here. Looks like a writing desk. There's a lot of sheaves of paper there. And it looks like an, a pen and an inkwell. Through a small bar, you can see a kitchenette adjoining this living space. And there's a hallway that leads down into what is most likely a bathroom, a bedroom. The doors are closed. There's a, a chair here, but not much else. I'm not really used to having visitors. Don't have any place for you to sit. If you just want to sit down on the carpet, it should be clean. I'm just going to run to the restroom real quick, grab my first aid kick, and, and, and then we can see what we can do about your, your wounds. He smiles widely. Paris, follow him. Paris, is, uh, Paris goes. Please. Yeah, Paris goes with him. How'd you get the, uh, well, how'd you dismantle the, the creature? He smiles as he opens the door to the bathroom, turns on the light, begins rummaging below the sink in a cabinet. Don't worry about it. I won't. I won't. <laughs> he chuckles to himself. Ah, here it is. He pulls out a small red rectangular box. Looks like a Walmart brand first aid kit. Nods to you, Paris, to move out of his way to allow him out of the restroom. Hey, Doc, you don't seem too bothered by the fact that uh, your practice just went up in smoke. Nothing to do about it now. Your arm looks quite, uh, hmm, quite bad. Should I look at you first or, or Agent Shredder? Take a look at Agent Shredder. Paris steps out of his way. All right. He smiles. Humming to himself again, he moves to the front, back to the living room. All right, let's cut away all those ragged pieces of cloth and uh, see what I can do there for you. Actually, it's best if you just let me stick to this. I got it. And says, oh, no, no, please. Uh, hospitality is important. Prentice just kind of deflates and just says, whatever, and lets him tend to his wound. He takes the small scissors out of the first aid kit and starts cutting away very gently the cloth. He's kind of humming to himself. He says, oh, um, Ryan, um, go ahead and uh, prepare those materials for me. Tell me again what the materials were. A little bit of blood, just a pinprick from your thumb, at least two fingernails, and a small tuft of hair. You as well, big fellow. I'm sorry, the fuck did you just say? I already did it, so just do it and get it done with. Did what? Sorry, the fuck did you just say? Did what? Oh, it's our bargain. Um, You weren't here. So in return for me teaching you everything you want to know about the coven, their plans, in excruciating detail if you'd like, and how to foil it, and ensure your own safety, and save the people of Pioneer Valley, I need to have my safety ensured, and this is how we do that. Paris looks apprentice and says, and you did this? Yeah, I kind of want to be done with this. Ryan, did you do this as well? Not yet. Doctor, is there any, does anything prevent you from doing this ritual to protect yourself and then tell us nothing? Is there any repercussion from you if you don't tell us or hold up your end? He thinks for a moment. <laughs> Didn't even consider that. No, I, I play that on my side of the bargain. Didn't really answer the question. My word is good, Ryan. Ryan turns to Paris and says, I hate this, but I don't see another way. And then he does the things. Oh shit, you don't have any hair. Ryan reaches <laughs> into his pants. <laughs> Your hand comes away with nothing. What about fungus? Is that good? <laughs> Actually, oh. let, let's play Yeah, oh, Alopecia, man. eh? He says. Uh, 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 form it's all right. That, That's yes. okay. Can you, honestly, we can do with some tears? He looks at you. But you have to cry them. You said three fingernails were preferable? Yes, very much so. Will that do instead? 
no, no, we need three materials from your person, given freely. Oh, I have plenty of other materials. He looks at you quizzically. Ryan's you pu- gonna... You pull out your lodestone? No, uh, uh, <laughs> that's the direction Ryan was going. I had a feeling. Would you like a sample, doctor? I don't think, uh, I mean, if you are feeling it, it would work. But certainly a freshly shed tear would be more convenient. Paris, I'd like to roll humans and try to, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of this guy is lying to us or not. Sure. Roll your human. Failed. 48 out of mm-hmm. 21. He's an inscrutable being. He is asking insane things. It just doesn't make any sense to you. Because of that, his demeanor is unreadable. Ryan is going to put his fingernails on the floor and wipe his blood next to them and then pull his dick out and piss on them. Got it. Three things, Doc. (laughs) There you go. He looks down. That'll do. And you, big fellow? He holds out his hand. Did Paris see him? Lick, lick the piss. I didn't lick the piss. No, no, no. The, the no, no. The doctor. The I doctor. didn't narrate any <laughs> other except for him. I didn't ask. I didn't narrate any anything at all. He asked you a question. So right now, You're Ryan gonna... is literally pissing on the floor of this guy's apartment while <laughs> like he turns to you, Paris, just a and asks bit. you for a little spit for samples. <laughs> a little, a little spit of piss. Paris is like, "What are you gonna do with that?" So funny. This will seal our bargain. Before he licked it, <laughs> I'm getting very impatient now. Yeah, what, what are you gonna? I mean, what are you gonna do with the fit? The f- Paris, we've all done the thing. Do the thing, please. No, oh, this is gonna end badly. When does anything we do end Paris. well? Pull some hair and fingernails and... Uh, Drip some blood from blood. your arm. Yeah, plenty of that. Plenty of that dripping down. His dry, raspy tongue rubs along his palm as he laps up those materials and swallows quickly. He bends down and picks up the fingernails, the piss and blood-covered co- fingernails. He pops them in like pills, winces and cringes he swallows. Okay, now back to this arm. He settles back down to you, Prentice. Let me roll for him, please. He goes ahead and bandages you up uh, fairly fairly well and with tender care. You look down and it's cleaned up, looks okay. You just are basically missing a sleeve. Paris, he hums cheerily and sidles up next to you. All right, your turn. Are you going to allow him to take a look at your wounds? Yes, but Paris also says, hey, it seems like a good time to start start telling us what you know. Oh, yeah, I can do that while, while I work here, of course. Yes, yes, yes. So, <clears throat> I will give you a material, and you are going to cast that material. It's a it's a powder um, in the appropriate locale. What that will do is it will it will show you the the transponder. He looks over at Clemson Mallory, who is listening with rapt attention. That's why you couldn't find it. <laughs> Destroy it, and that will really throw a wrench into tonight's plans, to say the least. He shrugs. Do you know where the Easy. transponder is? Easy. Oh, absolutely. It's in the old ruins of uh, the WDDI station. So, right, you'll cast this powder out, no more than a pinch, in the ruins of the station. Uh, it's just a bit off the the Metacomic Manana Trail near Holyoke. You'll have to throw a few pinches out, take some trial and error, but you should see something, and you should be able to dismantle it. Your good work there will halt that annoying Shannon babble from going out to all the individuals whom I've performed a particular delicate surgery on. So that'll put it in the radio. What about what about this ritual? Without the broadcast going out, no one's going to show up tonight. It's that easy. 
No one gets hurt. You're safe. I'm safe. Everyone wins. Why is the broadcast what's causing all of this? Without the voice reverberating in the skulls of those poor unfortunate pioneers, all of this falls apart. What's to stop them from fixing the transponder or building another and just doing this again? He nods. Well, for one, I'll be gone. Won't be able to help. Without Ginny, all you have left is Jebediah and he's useless. And with your good work out there, Zeke will be gone too. That's pretty much the whole gang. So we need to take them out. They can't keep- You're welcome to try. I just don't know why you would bother after what I've told you. So because Ginny is gone, your supervisor, you'll disappear yes, and they, you they dispatched need Ginny. you. Yes, and they need you in order to try this again even. Blacksty, his mind is not, he needs guidance. So without that guidance, you're free and clear. And by guidance, you mean the radio. Right. Well, let's get, let's get moving. Oh, oh, hold let's on. I'm, I'm still stitching you up. You, you are in bad shape here, young man. <laughs> let's get that powder. Ooh, critical success. Was that good or bad? Good question. Did you roll to see if it was good or bad? He goes ahead and patches you up. Now, what's happened here? Now, what's happened here is, is your radius is fractured. I, it seems like a clean break. What I've done here is I've set it with these, honestly, not the best splints that came in this first aid kit. You will want to get a cast done, young man. But for now, uh, it should facilitate healing as long as you're easy on it. He smiles, his eyes twinkling. As for Thanks. the blood loss, you probably want to get a good meal in, both of you. He turns to you as well, Prentice. Paris checks his watch to see what time it is. Yeah, after all of this, it's about noon. Well, maybe we should grab some lunch and then, uh... Hit the trails. Hit the trails. Oh, <laughs> let me give you a, um, exact coordinate. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be. And the powder. Be very nice. He pulls out his own phone. He clicks around on it for a while. And he turns it around, and you see a pin in a Google map with GPS coordinates. Looks like it's in the area of the trails that you were cavorting upon with Janet Pound yesterday. That's it. How do you know about? How do you know about that? I'm sorry. How, how did you know we were out the trails with her yesterday? That was me saying was, it as GM. Yeah, that was him. His his, oh, his oh, voice is old and weird. Is is my voice also old and weird? Chris, Shit, Chris, you've never changed I mean, your voice once it's while being old. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that because this was such a significant NPC, you just decided to use your own voice. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, so we, I guess, we copy those those coordinates down. And... Sounds good, sounds good. Now, I think our bit of work is nearly complete. I'm going to go into my bedroom and retrieve the powder that you need. Be right back. He turns around oh, and moves to, Paris goes to the him. back. Oh, this time by myself, young man. Thank you. He opens the door and closes it behind him. A few moments later, he reemerges. You're standing there, Paris. It's a small tobacco tin. Faded advertisement on it. Can't read it. But he holds it out. Here you are. Remember, just a little pinch. It'll take some trial and error, but you will find it. After that, poof. All done. This almost sounds too easy. He looks over at your arm. Is that what you think? Didn't you lose one of your... Teammates? Uh, good point, good point. 
That's right. Good point. Good point. point. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) He looks at you with a gleam in his eye. Anywho, I guess we ought to go. It has been a pleasure doing business with you. I wish you the best of luck. When you return, you will find that I am no longer a resident of Northampton. In fact, you will not find me at all. Chris, I've got a question for you. Well, maybe he does know this given the supernatural kind of nature of shit. But is there any chance that Ryan's alienness or infectedness made the binding for him not take? Who knows? Sounds like a question for a xenobiologist to me and an occultist and a magician or a sorcerer. Hey, maybe this guy's all of that. You should ask him. Well, I don't want him to know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he's already he's already given us all the information. Ryan's going to turn back to the doctor and say, "What? What's the na- what was the nature of... The protection you've granted yourself is it the na- the nature if i were to pull out my gun and attempt to shoot you right now what would the repercussion be i don't think you would feel like doing such a thing ryan good luck okay do you have influence over us in any other way or not only will we never see you again but you'll never interact with us either ryan do you want to see me again never but i want to ensure then that let's, then let's leave it at that you'll get what you want and I will get what I want. All right, Ryan's fine with that. He's going to head back out to the car, assuming the door closes. The other guys fall. As you pull out of the parking lot, you see Dr. Goldmass Perlisle watching you. His curtains drawn back. He waves his fingers slowly, slowly moving. Y'all head and grab some food just to drive through. You're all ravenous, been through hell. Did you want to go back to the hotel, put on some fresh clothes, or are we just going to head straight out to the rainy woods? I think fresh clothes are in order. Yeah, I could use a fully intact shirt, I think. Cool. Any gear that you want to bring with you out out there? I don't think we had anything particularly (laughs) hiker-friendly. I guess we could always make a stop and get some hiking clothes. I I just pictured Neo in the Matrix going, Gun, yeah, I mean, guns. you could go by a Walmart and pick up some shotguns or something. I mean, obviously, you need like a you're gonna have to show some ID for that, but but yeah, you could do that. Actually, I think I think you just need cash. Nah, you right? gotta show ID. No, it depends on the state. Oh, I mean, it's it's, it's every state's different. Yeah. This particular Massachusetts is. Uh, I think you if you get a fishing license, like that's enough, like to uh, show them to get a gun. But uh, I think in Texas, you just have to like trip and fall over, and someone says, "Oh, oh gosh, sorry that happened to you. Here's a gun." So it won't yeah, Massachusetts is a little different, I think. I don't know the exact law, but if you guys want to do that, I can look it up. Hard pass. I've got a gun. So tell me, what are you guys going to do? So we're going to get a change of clothes. We're going to hit the trail, right? Correct. Yep. With the aid of the very exact GPS coordinates delivered to you by Dr. Goldmast Perlisle, you make your way down the Holyoke trailhead of the MM Trail, much like you did with Janet Pound. After about 30 minutes, you know you need to walk off the trail. And very reminiscent of yesterday. Before long, you're back in the middle of a ruined clearing, a burnt out shell of a concrete building. This is not the chimney sticking up out of an ancient foundation a little ways away from here, as you know, but it is the supposed location of WDDI. After it burnt down, this was all that was left. It was never demolished. Glenn and Shirley were here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's covered with graffiti. There's trash everywhere, beer cans. It's much as you left it yesterday. The rain hasn't done much to spruce it up in your estimation. So the powder, uh, we, we, we got to sprinkle it around. It says we'll find it eventually. Let's get started. 
Prentice holds out his hand to Paris and asking for the tin. The I'm just curious about how much. Like, is it, is it like a lot of powder? Or, uh, it's a small a silver tobacco tin. You haven't opened it yet. Okay. All right. So I pop it open. It's empty, isn't it? No. It's full of a silver bluish powder. Does Ryan feel particularly like drawn to the blue? <laughs> Doesn't he always? <laughs> it's much like a any any type of powder. It looks like maybe makeup powder potentially, but it's nothing nothing special. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> if this shit's makeup powder, I'm gonna be pissed. No, this feels very legitimate. Land the fucking plane, John. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're skeptical of every I've got step the tin of this. Open. <laughs> of course I am. Look, man, I had my arm almost eaten today. So I get it, man. You've been through yours. Uh, <laughs> You're safe now, Par- man. Paris hands. Are- <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Paris, Paris hands it, like holds a tin out so they can each take a, a pinch of the powder, a powder pinch. That's fucking teamwork. Yeah, it is teamwork. We all make uh, rainbows start of powder s- through the air, scattering these arcs of powder, these pinches, not knowing what you're expecting to see, throwing it into various corners, the drier areas of this ruined out, burnt building. Everybody, actually, no, I'll just do this. Whoever's right there, oh, it's Ryan. Oh, you've gotta be absolutely- Agent Ryan, you're in the furthest corner next to the neon yellow and red graffitied symbol of a Christian cross. When you cast some more of this powder, hopelessly gritting your teeth because you feel like this is fool's errand when you roll your sanity everybody does you know my question you know i can't <laughs> ryan you can will. fall asleep on the ground ryan will all right go ahead and roll a 1d4 uh, for me please paris will not Ooh, that's a big four wow you know what yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna fall you, asleep you on the will ground yeah legit pass out yeah, yeah. might as well all right a one Minus 20% to all of your skills. We weren't doing that prior right? because of a narrative reason. But at this point, yeah, you're you're basically tapped out. You're in a very heightened emotional state. Tapped out is perfect. You've been playing that really well. So let's let's stick with that. So minus 20% on all skills. Cool. Got to roll. The powder falls, cascades through the air in this dry spot with a concrete overhang next to this piece of graffiti. And you see suddenly, it looks like old radio equipment just sitting on the trash strewn floor. It's an antique broadcast panel of some sort, it's half buried among the rot. But you see the equipment's lines waver in the air as if a camera were adjusting its lens in and out of focus. You see the ethereal dials on it, they're pulsing as if responding to some voice or sound. You see the needle spiking wildly. It's clearly impossibly active. In fact, it's just impossible. It's this bizarre visual anomaly that your brains can't quite make sense of as it fades in and out of existence, but it's clearly there. You're starting to hear, somehow, the voice of Zeke. Now, don't do anything rash now, boys. This is, uh, this is not the time to be making a big mistake. Prentice looks for a big rock and picks it up and throws it at it. You pick up a big piece of concrete and throw it at the broadcast panel. And somehow it meets this ethereal box. You see sparks issue forth as the rock crushes half of the broadcast panel into splinters. The dials go dark. The needles stop moving. You almost see smoke 
for a moment rising up, but you can't be sure just because of the visual anomaly here. You hear Zeke's voice scream, come to a statically halt as the entire apparatus just turns to rotten wood, wet, covered in mold, ancient, dead. Fuck you, says Prentice. I've had enough. And he sits down and just cups his head in his hands and Paris goes and uh, sits down next to him, pulls out a pulls out a flask, passes it over. Yeah. Thanks, Paris. I wanna go home. Ryan, anything? You know, you you're the one who kind of revealed this thing. You still got some of this sticky powder on your fingers and you, you look over at both of them. You kinda of think back to the form, the prostrate form of Agent Kane. You look outside and you see the rain starts to starts to let up a bit. The torrent has now become gentle shower. You hear birds suddenly. You all didn't realize how there was just no sound of wildlife this whole time. All you could hear was heavy rain. And as the rain begins to lessen and lessen, the birds start chirping. It's a cheerful, normal sound, but it's not one that necessarily instills joy or hope in you. It's just one that reminds you of how nothing that you just went through can be put into words to anybody else besides you. Ryan's going to walk over next to the two guys sitting down and say, yeah, well, isn't that how this goes? The the only way we succeed is that no one even knows they were in danger. So well done, guys. And uh, we're just a little bit more fucked up now. And then he spits on the ground. You see Dr. Carlisle scuttle in from outside and he licks up the spit and scuttles out. <laughs> Jesus. He, lick, he licks it up though. Um, right? Chris, yeah, of course. Hard. R- remind me, was, was Snedeker our yeah. handler for this? Snedeker was your handler. Yeah. Versus, I'll uh, I'll tell Snedeker what happened to, to Kane. I was there. I saw I saw it. I'll fill him in. <sighs> we uh, got to do something about Clemson Mallory. He's in your car right now. We should go check on him. I wonder if this... Uh, he should probably go, wait, hold on, hold on, I just remember, as I was saying that, I remembered, he's got a mouthful of pus right now, doesn't he? He does, Fucking he gross. does. Let's, oh, let's. Man. It's like, yeah, we probably need to get him to a yeah, hospital. Yeah, let's drop him by the emergency room. Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, and then, since nobody said anything, Paris is going to take the little tin full of magic Full of the dust of Ibn Ghazi. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what that is. Back, pack, pack that one away. That's the end of this scenario. We'll have a little brief epilogue, bridge to home scene, and then a prologue to the next when we next meet. But before we break, I need each one of you to roll sanity, please. Because of bullshit? Sure, Chris, sure. Whatever gets your dick hard, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Prentice. You failed your sanity test. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) So you are going to gain a new bond with both Ryan and Paris, if you don't already have one, a Delta Green bond. It's a special bond. Nice. So if you could please add both of those to your your contacts portion of your character sheet for me. It's going to be half of your charisma that it's assigned. And you're going to lose 1d4 from one other non-Delta Green bond of your choice. 1d4, you said? All right, you're going to lose four from one of your bonds. This is going to send either one of them to zero. Which one do you lose? You know what, Rodrigo? You've done enough. Goodbye. Paris, you failed your sanity roll. You gain two Delta Green bonds. Ryan and Prentice, if you would please add those to your contact list. It's going to be half of your charisma that they start with. And you're going to lose a 1d4 from one of your non-Delta Green bonds. So I get to pick... uh... You get to pick. 
Sorry, Connor. You're going down too, buddy. Man, am I uh, getting further and further away from my my old unit vets? So after dropping Clemson Mallory off at the emergency room, you three head back to Boston. There, you're going to debrief Nathan Snedeker, let him know that the incursion has been contained. After that, you each arrange flights back home, saying goodbye to each other hoping, hoping that you'll never see each other again, but you know, probably not in the carts. As the agents of cell R and P depart one by one from Boston International Airport, the scene returns to the now pastoral Appalachian trails, frequented by hikers and history seekers. The day's long rainstorms have ceased completely, and droplets fall glistening from the autumn leaves. Colorful birds and small animals emerge from their nests to continue to prepare for a long winter, now that some perceived threat has passed. Abraham Geist is standing against the ruins of an old brick chimney, an overgrown stone foundation beneath his feet. He has traded his red flannel shirt for a blue members-only windbreaker jacket. His form is slight and hunched a bit, but he exudes an aura of confidence that seems at odds with his elderly appearance. He holds the shattered remnants of a large mastiff's skull in his hands, peering at it with a wide smile, as if looking beyond its ruined contours at something within. Well, Ginny, thou were an untrustworthy dog. Yet tis only fitting I leave thou hither with thou beloved old buck. Here, but for a few feet out of reach, may thy suffering be eternal. The old man sets the skull down amongst the other stones on the fireplace. His content gaze moves to the dense brush and the trees nearby. Jebediah, thou brainless sack of shit, come forth I can see you. Thou serve me now, or thou return to naught. A squat, toad-like figure creeps forward cautiously. The man is deformed, with his face bulbous, with aberrant growths. He wears a bulky jacket to hide what is undoubtedly a misshapen form. He shivers, a sheen of sweat coating his face. His lolling eyes seem to point in opposite directions, continuously spinning and fixing on random points in space. I am pleased that the pound winch will persist in her banal existence. There is no rancor affront to the old buck's mad bodements than for her to return to her addiction to the Instagrams or whatnot. May she pass through life ineffective and forgotten. The deformed man approaches closer to Geist, a low keening sound emitting from his swollen throat. Oh, worry not, Jebediah. Everything she's been through has changed her. She is blasted, barren, and the Stockton line hath ended forever. Tis mine time, tis Geist's age. The deformed man is now next to Abraham Geist, on his knees, nuzzling the elderly man's hand. Geist gently pats his new pet. I had recovered his old grimoire from the bookstore in Burnet, yet I imagine the spirit of Anger hath realized mine treachery. Nay, we shall forge our own path. Having the thrall of several government agents shall be most useful, Jebediah. Aye, most useful indeed. The man laughs, but it has none of the frailty of age one would expect. 
it reverberates through the wood, and the trail's animals and birds quickly return to their safe homes until it finally ends. Howdy, y'all. You know what I'm going to say, but we all know how important it is that I say it. Crack open a cold one and light up, because here goes. You've been listening to Sorry Honey, I Have to Take This. Thanks for tuning in. This is an expression of what is apparently called the work, and it exists only because of your support. If you find a few spare items under the couch cushions you are willing to part with, think about depositing them or their pecuniary counterparts on coffee.com slash sorryhoney to help keep it all going. The exhausted folks behind the show also appreciate you dropping them a line on Discord. All their social links are compiled on linktree slash sorryhoney, so that's a good spot to see the places they produce content. You know, links to music and story ideas and the like. A lot of you who've joined are contributing toward the work in all sorts of ways, expanding on the ideas of the show and making new things. This is really it. The whole point of the show. Anyway, until next time, and thanks again for listening. Relic, it is a great thing to approximate some measure of normalcy, despite the words inappropriate description for the ever-shifting chaos that underpins your perceived reality. Yeah, I know what you mean, bud. So what's next for the, uh, Jeff and Relic team? Your drollness will pass me by without commentary, just this once. I believe I owe you. We shall locate your sidearm together, united in purpose to fulfill your sentimental, emotional underpinnings. Damn, that, that sounds good to me. Any idea where Gopnik might have gone? You got eyes all over the world or anything convenient like that? Not precisely. But the distinct vibration of the others resides in Gopnik's being. I will find them. The others? Now I thought- Allow me to focus on this relic. Do not think. You should rest. Whether you perceive it or not, your Kirlian fields have been stretched to thinness and require regeneration. Uh, okay. But we'll talk about this soon. That does sound good. Maybe after a fifth of Jim Beam. Let's get these headphones on and let the good old-fashioned tunes of Hoopastank put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>